All right, it's a Friday edition of the Locked On Syracuse podcast. No Tim Leonard today, Tyler Aki with you, your team every day. We've got Syracuse coverage for you throughout the wake of everything that is going on in the world right now. And today we've got a special guest for you. He's been promised for a while now. It is Matthew Gutierrez on the other line. Matthew, thanks so much for joining me today. All the way down on the beaches of Florida right now, not much better it can get for your quarantine, can it? <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Happy to be on. Yep, staying, staying uh, a good ways away from everybody else out here. Beach is closed tomorrow, actually, which is probably a good move. Uh, so this is my last day out here. But, yep, a lot to talk about, obviously, with Syracuse sports and uh, just this incredible time right now. Yeah, isn't it amazing? We thought this would be the dead period where we'd really have to be scraping at the barrel for content. But in reality... It's never been busier for anything Syracuse, it feels like, in these last couple of days. So let's start with this. You were you were in the Scoops game yesterday. You, you scooped Rothstein, so good on you. Uh, get, get yourself a, a nice little medal for that on this whole Seth Towns stuff. All right, so Seth Towns has now cut his list down to two per our guy, Matthew Gutierrez. And it's Duke or Ohio State. And that means Syracuse now out of the mix. And I don't think you or I are really that surprised by that sort of news. No, not at all. Uh, you know, I'm not, not a huge, uh, you know, who's first type thing, right? 15 <laughs> seconds before someone else, free agency, NFL, whose team is this X years, you know, X dollars. But uh, I thought it was important to share just because, you know, he, he would be obviously a great addition to Syracuse. So I, that was the, the the reason for me sharing that. Um, yeah, he's a, he'd be a great addition. Probably played the three. He would naturally fill Elijah Hughes' uh, role there. Uh, shoot the three a little bit. 2018 Ivy League Player of the Year. But it was unlikely from the get-go that he was going to pick Syracuse with Ohio State. Uh, he's from Columbus area. Uh, and then once Duke came into the mix late this week. Uh, he, he whittled that list down to, to obviously Duke and Ohio State, two pretty good options. And I'm just seeing, I believe I saw on Twitter today that Patrick Tappe is also uh, now on Duke's list. So <laughs> he was already an unlikely candidate for Syracuse, and he too may uh, end up at Duke uh, with Seth. Uh, and as you, you jokingly said, you know, maybe they're a package deal. Maybe they are. I mean, we don't know. They've, discussed, they've talked together uh, about – I don't know if that means they're going to go together necessarily. They very well may end up, you know, Ohio State, Duke separately, but certainly Duke could steal, steal both of these available uh, forwards who would – either one of them would be a valuable asset for, for Syracuse next season. Yeah, those Ivy Leaguers, they like to stick together, whether it's the basketball court or it's Google or Apple or any of those big-time <laughs> companies. But So to pay – and this that's interesting because – you mentioned that he's now getting a little bit of interest from Duke as well. I mean, Syracuse, it, it doesn't look like they're going to land either of these guys. And for for all of that, and, and we know that this team has some holes to fill. I mean, what what is the, the transfer market looking like right now for this team? Yeah, you know, I don't have I don't have any names. Honestly, off the top of my head, is for from what I've heard based on discussions with people they're specifically targeting. Part of that reason is they might not be targeting people to to transfer. I mean, to to come in because uh, so you know, Coach Bam this week he said he might be okay with what we have. Uh, so he's not necessarily in dire need as maybe one would have thought to bring in a new guy, right? Whether it's to bolster the front court with some size, 
and some experience, which you don't have a ton of, um, aside from Barama, or just some point guard depth, right? I mean, they only have the two guards plus Kadari Richmond being the third. So if someone's hurt, you're going to be in a really tough spot. You would think they're going to end up with the guard, but Behan doesn't seem, you know, very optimistic as to them getting any new additions. What they will have is, is a lot of options, right? The portal is is ever growing, so it's not like right. they will have options for sure. So uh, I'll get to to your conversation with Beheim later on, but I mean, does it feel irresponsible almost if they're not adding someone, whether it's a a transfer, whether it's someone late in the recruiting process right now? Because yeah, I mean, there's going to be two to three open scholarships on this team heading into the next season. And I, I know Beheim doesn't like to reach deep into the bench, but like you mentioned, if for some reason there is an injury that comes up, I mean, this team really, aside from this past season, injuries have not been a problem for this team over the past five years. And you saw it start to come out a little bit last year, but now when your roster is whittled down to what it is now, say one or two guys go down, say a big name player goes down what if buddy Beheim gets some sort of injury what if joe gerard suffers some sort of injury then you're playing with a really really thin roster and then of course there's always the components that go into the actual game with foul trouble and stuff like that i mean this team in my opinion needs one or two other guys just to fill out a practice roster even yeah it's uh it's certainly difficult right you want to prep your guys in practice and the idea that an injury, that injuries are inevitable for every team, right, in, in college sports, uh, and I think in any sport. So I think it's crucial for them to get another player. I, I assume, you know, Autry, Coach Griffin, and GMAC will look the portal for a guard. And, you know, if I had to guess, they're going to end up with somebody, right? I think behind saying they're fine is just expressing confidence of what he has returning four or five starters, Quincy, six man probably slots into that three spot as the fifth starter. So uh, they'll have they'll have some, some experience coming back. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be a lot better, but they will have everyone back. And they'll have some, some more confidence this year. And you would think certainly a, a fourth guard could help. So when you – I know you said you don't have any names in particular that this team may be looking at, but when you look at what – the makeup of said incoming player should be. What what do you see in that? What what do you want to see out of a guy who's coming into this program right now? So I think size and experience. Uh, you know, ideally you get a, and that goes for guards too. I mean, ideally you get a six five six six kid who can uh, play the top of the zone, defend because that's the glaring weakness, right? This team is probably going to score even Elijah Hughes gone. Uh, you know, the ninety percent chance he's gone. I, they're going to score the basketball. They were a top 25 offense. They have four or five starters. Quincy is going to get way more shots uh, with Elijah gone. Marek will get more shots. Joe will get more opportunities. They're all going to get more chances to score. So I don't know if that's so much an issue. It's it's uh, the defensive side that really needs to be improved. So I think you want a, a, an experienced kid who's smart, who's going to defend, play hard, uh, not necessarily like an Andrew White, as great as he was. You don't really need – just a sharpshooter right now, right? You 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 would take it, but you need a defender. You want to you want a guy who can bring something to that side of the team that was lacking all year, right? It was one of the worst defensive teams certainly in the last twenty years at Syracuse and possibly in Bayheim's tenure. 
It's interesting you say that because Tim and I are both in the camp that we think this team needs a shooter. And you're saying more defensive. And if that's the case of what would actually behoove the Syracuse team, well, then they're much better hands because I kind of sifted through. I don't know if you've seen 24-7 now has, I mean, they have all their recruiting rankings, but now they have a transfer portal section on their site as well. And I was looking through the names. The shooting players on that list were very, very thin. I mean, there were only a handful of guys that kind of fit that that big guard to to three or maybe a stretch four that can actually shoot the ball. And it was a little disheartening for me looking through all of that stuff. It's a good point. I mean, it's part of why Elijah Hughes is so marketable for the NBA right now. There's just not a lot of his, his skill sets in college this year, past few years, a guy who got size strength is a, you know, traditional kind of three and D, Great stroke, great stroke. Uh, got the size knocked down. He's tall. He can shoot over people, even in the league. So uh, that's why he might sneak into you know early second round. I don't think he's a first round pick, but uh, he's he's valuable. And, and you're right. I mean, look, Syracuse. You guys are right. They could definitely use a, a sharpshooter. That wouldn't you would take that. Uh, the only real reason I think you need defense more so right now is just given how much. They need to upgrade the defense to, to get to the tournament next year. They need to have – you can't have a 120th ranking in Ken Palm to make the big dance, right? It's rarely going to happen. Um, so unless you have what, a top five, top ten offense, which which they don't have. So that's, that's my thinking for, for more of a defensive guard or a bigger guard who's more of a sturdy guard who might be more of a floor general than a sharpshooter, but it certainly would take a sharpshooter too, right? It's a compliment, Joe, buddy. Yeah, no, I mean, no one's going to say no to points, that's for sure. You had a long conversation with Jim Beheim the other day, and I'm really interested, and this got posted on The Athletic, and this is unlocked now, isn't it? Yeah, everything uh, is free for the for 90 days, so The Athletic, you know, this is obviously affecting everybody. Some people don't have incomes coming in right now, or it's just stressful time overall. So yeah, everything is uh, is free. Okay, I didn't know everything was free. Well, that that's good news for yeah. anyone who's maybe yep. teetering on the fence of, of actually getting a subscription, which I always endorse. I always recommend get the subscription for the athletic. It's worth every penny, especially for the work that guys like Matthew do. And I even saw, what was it? Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Bucks. <laughs> he, he had a nice little funny thing on Twitter where he was telling the Bucks writer, I'm not paying the six ninety nine or whatever it is to, to read your article, but it was all in good fun and probably some good pub for the athletic as well. But it is free, yeah, I mean, even for multimillionaires like Giannis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But it, yeah, no, I mean, him free for everyone. NEPR is good, right? <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Yep, um, he's actually incorrect, though, with that tweet. It's, it's free right now, so it's not yeah. six ninety nine. But besides, the Milwaukee Bucks have a couple company accounts that he could have used, though. I'm sure he yeah. got him hooked up. Fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so... Your, your stuff's unlocked, including this Jim Beheim article, which I would encourage anyone listening to go check out. But a lot of interesting stuff in here. And first of all, with the, with what Beheim's going through, I mean, kind of take me through this. I, I'm not necessarily interested in the content of what was said, but what was the tone of everything said when he's talking about what he's doing and how he's handling this unorthodox time right now? 
Yeah, pretty optimistic. He was doing well, healthy. The whole family's back. Jimmy, Jamie, and Buddy, all college kids, home. Uh, they're in a fortunate case. They have a basketball court in their house, which is better than most people, right? They can work out at their own time and get shots up at a time when some people can't or are having a lot of difficulties to do so. Uh, you know, he's playing video. He's playing uh, board games, not video games, board games, <laughs> reading. I was about watching to say, movies, whoa. Hallmark Channel. <laughs> um, you know, hanging out, watching a little basketball flipping through the transfer portal. There's not a whole lot they can do. They technically can't recruit, although I'd imagine a lot of college coaches are still, you know, on the phones, whether it's allowed or not. It is what it is. Um, not saying he is. I'm just saying in general. And, uh, you know, there's not, there's really not much he can do. So he's, he's staying healthy. He said he's going to be exercising more now than he would because he's home a lot. He can do his Pilates. He can hit the treadmill, hit the bike, whatever. Um, so pretty good on this part. He's, I think he's come to terms with this being a difficult situation. Everybody's in the same spot. So, you know, they're trying not to, to fret too much about it. It's just one of those things where you can't do anything. Yeah, I think it's interesting, too, in this regard that, okay, so he's got all this downtime. And you mentioned he's optimistic, which I think is very interesting. But let's get into his little basketball court here. Because I know you've been over to the Bayheim house before. What are we? What are we talking about with this basketball court? Uh, like, have you gotten shots up on it? No, no, no shots. Um, but yeah, it's a nice court. I think it's about, I want to say, ten to fifteen years old now. Uh, it's what oh, wow. Buddy and Jimmy grew up on. Yeah, Buddy would go down there three times a day as a kid growing up. And that's why uh, he has a flawless shot. Each shot after shot after shot in there. Uh, you know, it's not. I don't think it's regulation. It's a little bit smaller, I believe. Um, you know, put the music on in there. You can get lost in your own world for hours. It's pretty neat. Uh, it's a pretty neat spot, definitely. All right. So we know all these players are flooding into the transfer portal. Could Jimmy Beheim be a guy, especially since his dad sees he's working out in the house? Is that a guy who maybe <laughs> could go to Syracuse when all the dust settles? You know, I don't think so. You know, I asked him this question in the fall, and he said no. Uh, he put a his phrase was, "You can check it out on the athletic for free." Uh, with a free trial for a short period, which uh, is up there, Jimmy Bayon. Uh story. I believe the, the quote was something along the lines of, "I don't see that happening." Uh, that was what he said. So, as far as playing at Syracuse, I think that's that hasn't changed. It, it could have, but I don't think it did. He loves Cornell. He plays a lot. He's one of the better players in the entire Ivy League. Academics are very important to him, like Patrick Tappe. And, you know, Syracuse is not Cornell by any means academically. And I think he loves the economics major. Um, and he's happy, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It would be a great story, right, if he's with Buddy and Jim, but, and good for fans, good for everyone else, but he's got to do what, what's best for him. So, when you look at some of the newcomers that are coming into this program and Kadari Richmond and Woody Newton, I mean, those are two guys who are probably, especially if not much changes on the roster between now and whenever basketball resumes, those are going to be two guys that need to be important players on this team. What is Bayheim's general sense of what he's going to be getting out of those guys, especially early on? 
Yeah, definitely going to be getting two contributors right off the bat. I don't think they're they're going to be like last year where a lot of the, the freshman four star guys get out of the Umbrella. Uh, these guys are probably going to play. Kadari will be the first guard off the bench. Assuming nothing changes. Only guard off the bench, really. <laughs> yeah, only first and only. Uh, which you know, if no one gets hurt, is also played anyway, uh, which is good for everyone. That everyone will be happy because they'll be playing. The issue will arise if someone is hurt, right? Then you're going to have to have a big lineup, uh, which isn't, which we should know isn't horrible for Syracuse because of the zone, right? You don't have as huge, as big an issue matching up defensively. Uh, you know, you could, it's, it's not a really fun game to play what if, but I guess you could put, uh, what, Woody or, or um, you know, you could probably put Woody up top, actually, Woody or Quincy, um, which is an amazing quickness-wise, but they're, you know, they're small forwards. They can handle it. Uh, Elijah has played up top before, so I think, that's a one side note, but Woody and Woody's a good defender. He's length. Uh, you know, he emulates Kevin Durant. He does kind of have that type of skill set. Uh, obviously, several degrees less talented right now. He's but he's kind of got that type of uh, length. Can shoot. He's tall. Can dish. Can drive a little bit. Uh, and Beheim, you know, noted his defense quite a bit in our conversations. That's that's good to know. And then. Kadari is, uh, like we said, a driver. He's not really a shooter. He's going to be more of a slasher and, and a pretty good defender himself. He's a strong kid, too. Yeah, that's going to be a certainly an interesting dynamic with those two because I think they're they're going to have to obviously contribute very early on. And we'll see, especially with a what's looking like a, a probably shortened off season how quickly they're going to have to acclimate to all of that. Is that something that Bayheim sort of expresses concern about or the fact that a lot of these guys won't have forget, forget the freshmen, but the entire roster aren't going to have the resources and access to training and a gym that they're used to in previous seasons. And uh, he was a little you know, bummed out, right? He was going to have all the international guys, he said for at least a session or two, there's two sessions they can be up for getting classes done and working out. He he had he thought he'd have Jesse, Marek, John Bolajak, all of them on campus. I believe Brahma for one of the sessions too, uh, lifting on their program, eating a lot, uh, which you know all this is is covered. Um, they'd be working out in the gym with assistant coaches pretty frequently. So to not have excuse me not have that. Set, set it back. He, you know, he joking, half jokingly said, "Excuse me, half jokingly said that it'd be a good thing in that at least they can eat a lot now, right?" Jesse's back home in Amsterdam. <laughs> uh, I think John uh, Bolajak is back home in the Philly area, uh, and I don't know Mer- where Marek's status is right now. He might be. I could check out with him. But uh, so right now, the the good thing for Syracuse, these guys need to eat. I don't know if they'll be able to gain weight, but you envision that uh, they can make the most of it, right? There's a lot of guys are even having trouble getting, getting to get workouts in. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's certainly uncharted territory for all of these guys right now. You've been throwing a lot of awesome stuff out on Twitter right now, whether it's your favorite five-man Syracuse lineups or forget that. I mean, even off the floor stuff, you're throwing out restaurant recommendations as well. So (laughs) 
I, I want to go through some, some of the things that you've tweeted out in the past couple of days that maybe you don't necessarily, you haven't given your answer quite yet. So let's start with this one. The best Syracuse athlete you've watched in person is who? Oh, all right. We're asking me now. I would probably say, uh, honestly, Brittany Sykes was a heck of an athlete. Um, I covered the women's basketball team. She was in the running for WNBA Rookie of the Year a year later with uh, Atlanta. So probably would go with her. Um, Also, Zaire Franklin I'd put up there. Uh, Eric Dungy. And... um, yeah, I think we'll go with maybe uh, Kayla Trainer too. Uh, when we were oh, freshmen, she was a senior. Yeah, those are all good ones. Yeah, oh, I wanted to make sure we include male and female for sure. Yeah, my my definite answer on that one is Dungy. But when you, when you brought up Brittany Sykes, there it kind of triggered my memory to Alexis Peterson as well. I thought always oh, yeah. that she was super dominant on the floor. That that is a good one. Um, your restaurants. Give me a breakfast. Give me a lunch. Give me a dinner. I know where your lunch is going already. <laughs> yeah, you know, right? What, what is it? Let's hear it. <laughs> oh, it's possibilities. <laughs> yeah. So breakfast, mom's diner. Ready to get a great breakfast for about eight, nine bucks. And then for lunch possibilities, again, we're about eight bucks. Sometimes you get an employee discount, maybe five bucks for a whole platter, pasta, salad, and bread. Again, I, I highly recommend possibilities. That was a Trevor Cooney favorite, the- wasn't it? Was Trevor possibilities? Um, no, no, uh, I'm talking Mom's Diner. I think he was a big Mom's oh, Diner. Oh, Mom's guy, Diner, yeah, but... yeah. He is, Buddy is. The co- Syracuse coaches are. A lot of people like Mom's. Although Justin Knight gave me some flack. I don't know if you saw his tweet. You know, I did. Yeah. <laughs> Stella's and some other diner I never heard of was better, but uh, just not sure. I mean, Justin just was incorrect there. Uh, <laughs> he's a great kid though. Um, the other spot I believe I had was. Uh, Rio Grande, which is a new Mex, new for me, not new in general, but new for me, uh, Mexican place in Liverpool. Uh, just unbelievably good food. Have you been over there, man? Um, Ten bucks, I get awesome fajita, and I got they got great drinks too. Um, drinks, you know, beer, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I have, have not been hit over that there. Spot. No, I have not. Oh, um, but next time I'm out there, we'll have to. We'll have to hit that spot because Lunch I, day, right? <laughs> you, you and, and the athletic budget can, can cover it now. Um, but so I, I threw my, my three in the ring for, for this one. Okay. I, I went, have you ever had eggplant for breakfast? It's a restaurant. No, I've heard it's good. Mike Hopkins it's, loves it. I heard it's really good. It's unbelievable. I had it passed along to me by Nick Friedel who covers the Warriors and he he gave me that recommendation and there is not another breakfast place i will ever go to now after that um All i'm right. a big fan of ala mode get over there yeah yep. yeah you have to uh big fan of ala mode for lunch and then for dinner i mean it's a toss-up between your possibilities dino um a lot i didn't see this on uh on a lot of people's answers but i think that the uh, Blarney Stone didn't get as much love Ooh. as I thought it would. Good little yeah. spot there for a burger. Interesting, right? Right. There were some interesting choices. Some some cliches. Some some dark horses. Um, yeah, including the dark horse. Too, Did anyone put the dark horse yeah. tavern? 
Uh, I remember you recommended no, that did, to me. Oh, it's a great spot, man. Love that. I've been there with John Smith before, WAR legend. Uh, who else have I been there with? A couple other people, but great spot. I've seen Coach Gate there once, having a, having a drink after a women's lacrosse game. So it's popular. Coach Babers, I've heard, has been there. Uh, you know, people people appreciate good food. Syracuse has some good spots. Like, as much as people like to crap on Syracuse, there's a lot of great <laughs> things about the place. Seriously, I mean, people, you know, try to yeah. bash on it, and there's a lot of great things about it, including the food scene, which is very underrated, and you can get food for half the price that you would do in New York City or Chicago or Philly. Right. You know, it's, you know, eight, eight, nine bucks for a meal. I mean, come on. Uh, the underrated culinary capital of the world, Syracuse, New York. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> what do you have coming up now on The Athletic these next couple of days, weeks, months? Yeah, a bunch of things. You know, we just had a Q&A with Coach Beheim, Cornell lacrosse piece this week. We have uh, J.J. Starling, who's the Syracuse target for the class of 2022. That's Dior Johnson's class. Something on him was up this morning. Uh, we'll have a player-by-player roster breakdown next week we'll have um two other features in the works we got uh you know sports games are canceled sports are not canceled and so we have plenty of stories lined up i'm excited to share them you know probably space it out a couple of weeks uh, and um you know mix of human interest memories look back interviews with former players and coaches just to try to um, yeah i mean it's you got to be the busiest man in the world i mean just, just trying to arrange this nah. i mean you're doing access show you're doing all the, you're like helping people pilot their podcasts you're doing all these other things on top of your own work get this man a raise the athletic all right so, well, who do i have to call seth davis do i do, who do i have to call to get make this happen huh Oh, man, that's so kind of you. You know, I honestly would have worked for the Athletic with uh, probably a 50% pay cut. Don't tell them that, please. But uh, it's that great of a place to work, and I'm I'm really not at all focused on, on money. You know, I try to live cheap in Syracuse, not expensive to live there. So I just don't have to spend too much money besides food. Food is definitely my yeah, biggest exactly. cost, but, <laughs> which it should be. Food is, a, food is one of the top joys in life, you know. Um, All right, and, well, and I think people are appreciating that now more because restaurants are closed, man. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I know we've given pub to a couple of the local spots, but definitely go, whether it's getting takeout or just buying gift cards too. I mean, th- that's, I think the easiest way. Cause a lot of them, you can do it online now, but go buy gift cards to some of these local places that we've mentioned, or maybe some of your other favorite places. I know a bunch of other Syracuse writers have tweeted out some of their, favorite spots that you should go out and support. So go out, do that. It's it's a way to keep them afloat during these tough times. All right, Matthew, thank you once again for your time. I promise that this episode has not going to disappear off into the clouds somewhere, into the ether. We will have this up for you, but thank you so much for your time, and we will talk soon. Appreciate you, man. Really, really enjoyed our chat. Thanks. All right, great stuff as always from Matthew. We'll be back all of next week, so be sure to keep it with us here on the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Check out the show on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. We're going to get to our bracket more later into the week next week, and we're also going to have some more guests for you. And guess what? Tim will also 
be back with us next week. So he had to take care of some personal stuff today, but he will be back with us next week for some interviews and even more fun with us on the Locked On Syracuse podcast. All right, so for Matthew Gutierrez, I'm Tyler Aki. We will talk to you next week.